1: Good morning Blues fans, we are back for another edition of the True Blue Podcast, talking everything Chester FC related from the Chester Chronicle for the past seven days. Um, We've got a very special guest today, myself and Paul Wheelock um, are joined by the BBC Merseyside legend of Chester FC, that is Neil Turner, entering his 40th year in broadcasting. Hello Neil, and thank you for joining us.
0: Hello David, hello Paul, thank you, it's a pleasure to be joined by a couple of professionals. Um, I feel a little bit like uh, Stanley in the jungle at the moment, yeah I'm in the jungle, get me out of here, because everybody is getting younger, uh, but anyway, we, we go on, 40 years, yes, there's a lot to tell. I
1: must say, Neil's been very gracious as well, because uh, I'm sure he's used to uh, actual radio uh, set up here. And we've got a microphone and three people sitting around a table chatting about this, so uh, Neil's doing his very best to uh, to keep up appearances for us, which is very much appreciated, Neil. Um, Paul, good morning to you as well. Um, yeah, we've got a lot to, to get through um, in this next half hour or so. Um, we'll probably have to start off with this weekend coming. Solihull, huge game, absolutely massive, given the fact that this is probably one of the most critical months that the football club's facing and uh, certainly in recent seasons I mean last year we weren't even thinking about this about relegation at this this point of the season I mean we were flying high and heading towards the playoffs and everything was rosy but fast forward 12 months I mean 2017 has been the anus horribless hasn't it for the Chester football club Neil I mean um, particularly at the diva <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. it's what we, we did this the other day didn't we it's what
2: I think he did two wins out of twenty two games. Which is, yeah. and I think sixteen defeats in, in that. I'd have to double check, but I think it's only two wins. It's you, horrendous.
1: you explain that to people who may not be following Chester's fortune closely. I mean I mentioned to a friend the other week I said, Oh, you know, what's the home form been like? Said, well two wins in twenty in odd games and people can't believe it because but people keep coming back, they part with their hard earned cash, they turn up and they'll do that again this weekend. Um Solihull, I mean this is can't really underestimate or undersell the, the significance of this class this weekend because a win and you, it might help lift spirits slightly into what is going to be a huge kind of December month now.
0: Yeah you use the word spirits it could be confidence I yeah. mean um, the unthinkable is a defeat because the uh, the impact that would have on player confidence, on fans' confidence, would be immeasurable, quite frankly, as you're going into a very difficult era, uh, di- difficult period. So I think uh, certainly a not-lose situation is what is required, but of course it's dead easy for us sitting in this glamorous office here in the <laughs> Uh, chatting about it and getting out there on the pitch and performing and doing it so it's going to be nervous for both sides and I think if there's something that possibly can be instilled into the Chester players and we obviously we want them to win and come out with the three points is Solihull's going to be as nervous as you are lads so uh, don't forget that it's, it's not a case of your confidence is low their confidence is going to be low as well and play on that and really everybody get behind the team get behind Marcus, Marcus the team that he selects on the the day and just really go for it and get behind them and it's got to be a positive 90 minutes if you're going to vent your feelings vent it in the 91st 92nd yeah. when the game is yeah. over
1: um it, it, it's been a couple of weeks now since we've we've actually had a game in mean, the, the the drubbing against Dagenham was the last one but I mean in terms of having that break it's allowed some people to come back into the fold get a few more bodies bodies back into the group which was Very much need them. I mean, you looked at that bench at Lake Norrient, and not one of them had made a a senior appearance for Chester, and and two, three um, had not made a senior appearance in in, in senior football. So um, it'll be a big boost to get some people back. But in terms of for you, Neil, you've you've played the game. Um, Would having that break when you've come off a defeat, is that something which is of benefit or? would you as a player want to go straight back into it after a defeat and, and put things right?
0: I, was, I, as a player, always wanted to go straight back as quickly as possible into a game. Um, and as a player, you think, oh, we're, normally we were unfortunate there or whatever. I mean, I don't think the Dagenham defeat was unfortunate. I mean, yeah. the second half, as we've spoken about many times second half performance was unacceptable at the time for, for various reasons but you do want to get back on there you want to get back into the stage and you want to put the wrongs uh, that happened in the previous game right and you really want to go for it and I think it, this is a game if you can't get lifted for a game like this after a defeat like that and with it so much riding on it You shouldn't really be in the game, to be honest with you. You've got to go for it. Uh, You've got to put everything into it. Uh, I'm a great believer no player goes out there wanting to lose. But it's a big confidence factor, uh, and I think if you can go for it really hard early on. Um, Going back to one of the games this season, the Woking game at home, where yeah. I thought tactically they played it particularly well. They came and they pressed and pressed early yeah, really on, press, and, right. Chester, and Chester couldn't react to that the, um, during that game. And they got was it two nil in the end, something that. like that, and, and they deserved the two nil victory. And I think if well, heaven forbid I'm not the manager, but they've got to go out their early doors and they've really. Really got to press and go for it go, go, go for it and very hard uh, and that would be the, the way I would approach it but as a player you've got to be looking at this game there's no way I'm going to lose this absolutely mm. no way
1: and of course that Woking side did very similar thing to Berry yes, in the yeah. FA yeah. Cup I'm and then, that, in, that yeah. high yeah. press and that, that quick yeah. press I mean you can't keep that up for 90 minutes no, you can you, can't. you? but I mean, if you, you can't. start well I mean, but, I mean, if you can start the game well and, and get into a position of strength then Both teams are short on confidence. I mean, Solly will have made the addition this week, like you reported, Paul, I mean, Jamie Osborne, um, he would have been, he's someone that Marcus Bignett knows well, and and would have no doubt been interested in, but it just goes to show almost, where we're at the moment, that we're missing out to relegation rivals, on someone who could enhance the squad. I mean, I mean, Having seen, you I mean you watch the Dagenham game, mm-hmm. um, what would you be expecting in terms of a reaction this weekend?
2: Well, I think really Neil hits the nail on the head there. I think he's completely right the fact that the fans have got to get behind him from the, the first whistle to the last, given the importance of this match, for not just the three points but for what follows it. But I equally agree the fact that they have to set the tone early. Because yeah. there is, Marcus, he said the word hangover last week. And there's no question two thousand and seventeen and what happened in John McCarthy's kinda of last six months in charge is still everyone's mindset. And that horrible second half against Dagenham was a real, you know, reminder of exactly where the club is at in the moment. So I think it's really up to the even though it is up to the fans, they've got a responsibility on Saturday to get behind the players. I almost think it's this, the other part of it, I think the players have to kick start the fans first and foremost. Really, that second half against Dagenham, I actually as I said last week on last week's podcast, I actually understood where Marcus was coming from in terms of that mental tightness and that physical tightness. It had been a long, long trip home from Leighton Orient, there was a lot of players out, but that's not good enough for, for Chester Football Club on, 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 on that second half. And you'd hope come Saturday the players realise that too.
1: I mean, they're coming into this Solihull on the back of a, a win against Leighton Orient, so they've, I mean. They're still languishing the relegation zone, but there's some good players in there, in that squad. You can turn that around and say, Chester should have won against Lake Norient, the, yeah. the, that became
0: yeah. a draw. Um, and so you, you can turn that into a positive as well. Everything about the build-up has got to be positive, uh, because Lake Norient away, a 2-2 draw. I mean, if we were talking about this last June or July, when the mm. fixtures came out... Crikey, if we can get a 2-2 draw at <laughs> yeah, Lake yeah, we'll re- go for that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, turn it into a positive, go for the positives, but press early, press hard. Yeah. That's got to be the, the
1: game. I mean, and like we we, we touched on before, there's a few bodies back in the squad. I mean, likely that Craig Marn and Tom Shaw are both going to Going to be able to to come back into contention in, for at least for a spot on the bench. Um, also, Reece Hall Johnson's in with a, in with a shout. I mean, he's been a big miss for me. But right?
0: the, games in the legs. W- yeah. You yeah. I, I suppose you wouldn't start him. Would no, because of I mean, games in the legs. I mean, you'd be
1: loath to start start any of those three because it's been for Craig Marn's case. It's been that, that Woking game was the last time he played. Yeah. Tom Shaw that Barrow game the last time, and for Reece Hall Johnson the Wrexham defeat. So you've got to ease players back, but. I'd imagine if there's a chance, you try and get them some some game time on Saturday for at least a portion of it. So yes. you've got in with a fighting chance of, obviously the trophy game comes after that, but then there's that crucial run of games, which is Halifax, guys, the Hartlepool, And it, it's almost like a season-defining month now, isn't yeah. it, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. for the football yeah. club? I mean, having these those, those players back is be massive when they are fully fit, because for me, I thought Hall Johnson's been the best acquisition Bignett's made, and he's been the one that provides real... Kind of natural width um and obviously we brought jordan goff in to provide some s- solidity at left back and that that's worked but i think since he's been out the team He's been a huge mess.
0: Well, he had a great engine. Oh, he's got a great engine. (laughs) You shouldn't talk in the past tense. He's got a great engine, which gives them something down the flanks. Uh, And if you look at our near neighbours 12 miles away here, I mean, they've done it with two flank players, two very solid central defenders, two good flank players. If one of the flank players goes forward, then they become a three because the other lad drops back. I've seen them for other radio stations a few times this season. Uh, and, And they've got two holders in front of them in midfield as well. And you're basically never without a three at the back. You've got two holders in front of that, and the others can bomb forward. Yeah, yeah. And it worked whilst they're not scoring goals. They ain't conceding. See, no. And it's, it's a system that works. With, basically, National League players, all right, with the exception
1: of Pearson. Maybe the fourth lowest, fourth, fifth lowest scorers in the league, yeah. I think. And, yeah. It, yeah. and that's crazy when you consider where they are in the league. I mean, But, you know, I suppose strikers win games, defences win titles, they yeah. say, don't they? So it's... Um, uh, the, the, there's something to be said for that. I mean, this weekend we're probably um, going to see the addition of Daniel Udo as well from Crew uh, on a month's loan. Um, there's been a bit of debate whether we, we put out last week that a striker was in the offing, but there's been a bit of debate among some fans that whether this is really where we needed strengthening or or whether I mean I, a lot of people think we need to bring wingers in, but I'm not quite sure whether Marcus Bignett plays with natural wingers uh, or whether. Or not, he would prefer someone to attack him and But a lot of people seem to think another centre-back would be the preferred option I mean for you Neil where do you think the deficiencies lie I think immediately
0: immediately I think we need a mobile central defender uh, I think that's a given um, and I think we need a, a Hall Johnson basically somebody with a good engine coming forward down one of the flanks and then you fit into uh, create a three as somebody goes forward I think that's essential um, it would be my view on it I'm not the manager but that would be my view on it if there's a striker and there is a striker coming in as you said one would assume Hannah will be up front with this lad. Uh, one would mm. assume Archer's unavailable, White's unavailable, etc. Bell, is Bell the right sort of player uh, without being critical of individual players? Um, so I suppose, yes, you do need a striker. Is he mm. going to provide the sort of service um, that Hannah needs? Because first time round, I thought Hannah played uh, best with the lad that was on loan... Danny Hattersley. Danny Hattersley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, Hattersley wasn't the greatest centre-forward uh, centre in the world, striker. One thing he did, he was a battering ram player, and he, he set up chances for Hannah around him. Uh, and I always have this discussion with people as well, uh, and I thought, when he played with Hattersley, that was the best little spell, as far as Ross was concerned. So, possibly he needs that style of player alongside him. Does this... I've never seen this, lad. Does this well, lad bring it to the party? I don't know. He,
1: he, he's got pace and power and he, He's physical. I mean, He's six foot and he's got a good frame, but it's he's still twenty one and he has limited experience. of I mean, He has some non league experience. Played for Hale Zoe in most yeah. recently scored oh. a few goals and a limited experience at National League level with Solihull, incidentally, back end of last season. Seen him on a couple of occasions for Crew. Um, they signed him. The Crew signed him just after Che Adams had gone to um, Birmingham, I think it was, um, and they were they were keen to. Add him as well. And Neil Baker was the person that recommended him to the football club. Neil Baker obviously knows a player when he sees one. Well, he actually brought Marcus Bignett to Crewe um, back in 1997. So um, there's a player in there, but it's just whether there's a difference in making that transition from being yeah. you know a hot prospect in non-league football and bagging a few goals to being able to mix it with some real bruises at National League level. And it's a good league this now. You know, it's an extension of the football league. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how he does. But we you know we've had some join in the past with loan signings. But that the conundrum, room room. as far as Marcus
0: is concerned, is of course he's he hasn't got any cash to play with. So yeah. I mean he, he's shopping in the he's shopping in the corner shop as opposed to Harrod's, isn't he? So I mean, <laughs> yeah. frankly, yeah. <laughs> let's be honest about it.
1: I mean, for you, Paul. I mean, where do you think? Do you, do we, do you think this is where? The, the attention needs to be focused into because I wouldn't like to see someone like James Akintundi move out of the frame because I think he's been a real positive in what has been uh, gloom since the start of the season. I think he's been one person who's always tries to carry the fight, and I thought he did that on his own almost. I think it's diagonal yeah. for the first Do half. Do you think
2: he and Ross are a little bit similar? Mm. Yeah, and, yeah. My yeah. only thing with Akintundi is it's whenever I've seen him, I'm always impressed by him, brings him to score. Yeah. Uh and I don't maybe he doesn't need to set up as much. I think he's got it in him as a player yeah. from the, the, the Pips the times I've watched him, but it's whether does he do enough at the business end. Mm. And I thought it was quite telling. I think I said it last week again when Arsenal's was put up front. It's uh and he actually did okay. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean fact, that, yes. the fact that he felt he had to take that move. It wasn't like one 0 down with ten minutes to go. It was half an hour ago we wanted to put him on. That probably said it a, a lot. So, even whatever we think, it's quite clear that Marcus wants a target, man. Yes. I'm quite interested to see where Craig Marne fits in at all because I've always been a fan of him, but it doesn't look like he's going to play without an out wingers. No, uh, and
1: like I said, the left, the,
2: the
1: left wings we did have Jordan Chappell, Liam Davis who have now we've gone out alone and we, we're left yeah. with one well, wingers. I, so. I
0: think. To be realistic, we've got to agree with those decisions yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Marne has the ability. Uh, unfortunately, he's got a dreadful uh, injury record, as we know. Uh, but he does bring something to the party when he's fit. Yeah, Is he fit yeah. for this game against Solihull? Do you risk him after being so long out? And yeah. It's mm-hmm. another conundrum.
1: We've seen him have success in that, hole, that role in the hole before now. Mm. Um, because he finds those pockets of space. And some of the Best individual performances of Chester players he, in the past seven years, you'd probably say that Greg us can stake a claim to having a few of those. I mean, yeah. that performance at Barnsley or Southend in the FA Cup, I mean, he's been a match winner on his day. If you get him in the right frame of mind and he's, he's flying and he's full speed, then, you know, then he's, he can be a fantastic, fantastic addition to the squad again. But um, we're going to need him for this run-in because this is going to be so crucial. I mean, December's been notoriously... Poor for Chester in <laughs> history anyway, hasn't it? I mean but usually it was we were flying up until December, then January would come the fall, so we can't simply can ill afford that now. But um uh, you look at the runner fixtures only and you kinda of think that the win- there the are winnable games in there um, two, six points against yeah, Isley, yeah, I
0: mean, yeah. home and away. I mean, they're up for grabs. Hartlepool haven't been travelling that well, mm. so that's uh, is the last game of the year, I think, isn't it? Uh, Solihull at home, uh, so um, FC Halifax having a wretched yeah. time at the moment. So there's games in there that should be won, uh, and you would be wanting to win. But uh, as I said earlier on, it's dead easy us talking about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's out there on the pitch where it happens, um, and. Yes, you would expect a good points fall from these games coming up.
1: I mean it's going to, they're gonna to have to be, aren't they? they? Because, I mean there's there's no more wriggle room after this. No nope, you know, if if there's a poor run of results in December then you can to have to you're coming into January thinking, Well, you're gonna need a Herculean effort to to even give yourself a punches chance. Um, it's
2: almost twofold for me. The fact you look at the table now, Leighton Orient have got, I think, it's a three point gap, and then after that it's a seven point gap. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. three wins and the other team slipping up. Yeah, but it's the whole feeling and perception around the club if it was to be a bad December, two, three defeats in it, it's, it's hard to pick everyone yeah. up again. Yes, yeah, so it is. I, it I comes back that, to this confidence yeah, thing. As I, well. I felt that from home, I watched it from home, the Dagenham game, and it just felt there was that collective shrug. Oof. Mm. Yeah. Was anger. no it was just a, it's just an acceptance if, almost, it, as you yeah. say you lose 16 games out of 22 at home eventually you almost get browbeaten by a yeah, 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 so, yeah. and I just feel it's a crucial month not just for the table but just the, the feeling of the fan base as well
0: and also the future of the club because yeah. I think
2: um,
1: we can get on to this if you like but
0: uh, I mean it, it is essential they stay at this level of football mm. frankly for various reasons it's yeah. going to
1: be I mean yeah. National League North. You look at the clubs in there now. Winchester were coming through, there's. You looked at it was Halifax and I think it was Chorley that that year as well, wasn't it? They were the two teams that were really in with the shout, and, and people were concerned about they might pose the a challenge. But you look down there this year. I mean, there's. you throwing
0: there, throw 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 uh, throw money at throwing money.
2: still a massive football club. Chorley have yeah. never got close. They got close to the playoff final last year, but they've got a good infrastructure there. They've got money off the cup Spending more, yeah.
1: spending more. Is it I United the? Um, they're another team which is have come up from this group of clubs that people used to look at and not think anything, pay any mind to. The, this, the, the football landscape of non-league football has changed now. Oh, yeah, you know, you'll and have a club
0: called Shore Lane, I yeah, would imagine, yeah, yeah. in the Conference yeah. North next season. They'll get promoted. Uh, and they're throwing... Shed loads of money at it at the yeah. moment. I mean, so it's going to be a tough one to get out of. It really is. Uh, that's, and stay in as yeah. well. So that's why it's critical the club stay up this season. Um, they've got to... Create more finance than they're doing so that gives the ma- the manager a better hand than he's been dealt at the moment um, There's been money wasted um, There's no doubt about that without going over old ground about the manager being kept on which I think the majority of people um, the previous manager um, Were against at the time that was a crass decision. There's no doubt about that um, and uh, Big Lot has been dealt a tough hand, yeah. uh, and he's having to, as I say, shop in the corner corner store at the moment, uh, and it's tough.
1: It really yeah. is tough. I mean, uh, we're, we're into December, and we're already seeing squad numbers thirty five, thirty six, yes. thirty seven. That tells its own story, yes. doesn't it? I mean, and it has. I mean, you look back to the last time we had real wholesale changes during a season, it's never. It's, it's never ideal. I mean, no football club wants to make wholesale changes during a season. That's why you you go through you summer recruitment with a fine tooth comb in order to get it right, you know. Um, but um, you look back to Ian Atkins in December... Dece- he took over December... De- December 99? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the signings he was making, although he was shopping at a lower level, I mean, like to Tony Hemmings was coming in from Ilkeston, and, but they were all guys who... Carl Higgs. Yeah, <laughs> they, but they were guys who had some experience. Yes, but, they did. And yes, they there did. was a little bit of money... There to to bring in the likes of Jamie Robinson and Stuart Hicks. And there's not that now. When when Mark Wright had the ability to try and change over that losing team. When obviously Stephen Vaughan bought the football club and he was appointed. I mean there was money available and they were bringing in people like Michael McAllister on loan and you know fantastic non no, national league players or conference players. It was then. Now it's, it's a case of it's almost you putting a punt on some lads and thinking. I mean I think Arch, someone like Arch is. Something there the, is where like they something should be shopping, shopping there, yes. yes I mean they've had success with the Ryan Astles but it's not ideal for these lads to come into this environment where the club's in in a bit of turmoil and they're facing a relegation fight I mean you, you, want, you want these lads at the start of the season so you can bring them on and, and, right. and get them on gradually. So it's-,
0: it's also difficult to, to start blooding academy players or yeah. first-year pros because one thing you don't want to do is kill them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Kill, kill them yeah. in a football sense, yeah. in inverted commas. Um, and quite honestly, it's very, very difficult to bring kids through and bring them into this sort of environment because it really is backs against the wall. and You've got to have... Um, in a nice, way, you've got to have fighters. You've yeah. got to have people with great heart, as we used to call it when I was playing. Players with heart. And if you haven't, if you've got a few players that haven't got heart, it can really bring the morale of the team down.
1: I think that's where Tom Shaw has been a bit of a miss in recent yeah. recent weeks yeah. because he's that one person. He's got the experience, and and he's in his thirties now. Got great heart. Oh yeah, and yeah. he's all you know. He, he, he visibly plays for the shirt, doesn't yeah. he? And, and he's always cajoling those around him, and, and he. he, 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 he you, you can see him visibly lift in the midfield Astor's sometimes. and yeah.
0: well. yeah. plays with great heart. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, but it, it's tough to ask those young players coming in. I think if this season would have been going better we would, we would have already seen the likes of James Jones and Tom Crawford for more than his couple of minutes oh. that happened at Macclesfield, which we've um, it, always seen them so far. Nathan Brown's gone on, out on loan to, to Colwyn Bay, but I, I think we would have seen glimpses of these lads by now, but it's... It, 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 you're doing them a disservice and you're not aiding their development throwing them at the deep end like No, this, you're not. And
0: let's be frank about it. The players are playing in the fifth tier of English football. I mean, if you were a really good player, you wouldn't be playing in the fifth tier. Yeah. So there's a mistake in them. There yeah. is a mistake in yeah. them. i played at that level, I know. There's a mistake in you all the time. If there wasn't a mistake in you, you'd be in the Premier League. Um, yeah. It's as simple that's, as that.
1: That's the nature, nature yeah. of the beast. Absolutely. It? Um, yeah, it's absolutely crucial, December. And, and like I said, we'll, we'll know more on... It's five o'clock on Saturday as to where we think um, we might be heading. I mean, fingers crossed. I mean, we can this can be a bit of a turning point. I mean, there's been signs in recent weeks. Certainly, it's some of the away games been to. I mean, the likes of Eastleigh, we came back from two you know, two nil down two two, but that was a game which we dominated for, for large part. Second half, they were very good. Maidstone, they more more than more than matched them. So there's signs there that things certainly that performance has certainly improved. And I thought it, it was just. The second half against Dagenham almost brought everything flooding back, didn't it? And it was just a case of that, a realization of, of where we're at and how tough it's it was. It was McCarthy
0: as a revisited, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. that, 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 yeah. that, that, that,
1: No true word been said, but um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough December. But like I said, we'll know more more at five o'clock on Saturday. But um, in, in terms of uh, moving away from 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 the club for a second, um, BBC Radio in it's. 50, years, 50 last years last month. Last month, absolutely. Um, and Neil, you, you're in your 40th year in broadcasting. <laughs> yes. I, I, I've, you haven't aged a bit. Age <laughs> you <laughs> you know, know, that's that's the one. It's, um, <laughs> um, 40 years and f- frozen to death. Well, 19, 1900 it. and frozen to that's death. It, yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah. Um, but, so this is, if you've been at Merseyside for. Those 40 40 40 years. years. Yeah, and
0: and working for the Beeb, you work for other stations as well. I've done bits and bats for TV, Final Score and all that sort of thing. So you do stuff um, presenting the sports in the opt-out, the sports opt-out on television on a Saturday um, and with another station, a commercial station, Channel One, which was owned by this very company, um, which... uh, I think it was nearly 250 odd shows on that so yes it's it's been varied it's been checkered but the love of my life as, as we know um, has been the club and following the club and um, you've seen all the ups and downs
1: yeah i mean you have as well i mean you've seen you you were covering them at Sealand rose yes. um os rose and then obviously the, the return to chester for the diva i mean of all those years i mean there's plenty of high like i said plenty of highs and lows you've seen relegation for football league promotions what's yep. In in terms of those years that you've been covering, what's been the most special Moment, period of time, season, say. So. Well,
0: the, the two seasons at Moss Rose, because it was very much a trench mentality. You were in, it was the world against you, the, the world against the, the core of five and six hundred supporters that were making the journey. There were two journals. I remember Ian Bedford uh, from your erstwhile publication. He uh, look exactly the same now at <laughs> he literally has aged a day. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, and that was basically it. And I, I used to do what they call the runner for the Liverpool Echo doing radio and the runner now a runner for those that don't know uh, the newspaper industry when the the pink echo or the green as it was in the Birmingham I think and, and so on and so on and so on you used to have a sports paper on a Saturday evening so you had to do a runner so you had the phone in one hand doing the runner staying you know and after 56 minutes Barry Butler scooting down the <laughs> ring <laughs> which one knows would not be true <laughs> putting a ball into Eddie Bishop Eddie Bishop smashing it over or whatever or whatever, whatever, and then of course the radio had come to you and said, so Just hang on for a second. After 56 minutes, <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots of little stories which I do in my after dinner thing. Um, little stories like that, but those, those two years at Moss Rose, the club was totally together. Um, everybody met downstairs after the game you had a couple of drinks with the players just mingling in the directors mingling in uh, and the management as well Um, dear Harry who's been was a great friend of mine as well um, so I mean those two years stand out because of that trench mentality it wasn't the most successful uh, but it was a trench mentality and one of my favourite games that again I always reflect on uh, was in September 90 when Arsenal came uh, to play in a League Cup tie and my great hero footballing wise was Sir Bobby Moore what a tremendous talent he was um, and sitting next to him he was doing it with a guy called Jonathan Pierce for Capital Radio sharing our ISDN point and I was with the Beeb uh, next to it doing ours and talking to to Sir Bobby, my my great great hero and what a nice man he was Uh, and in half time he went down, came up with, you know those old banged Jugs of tea yeah. and those horrible polystyrene cups. Stand, Neil. What do you want? Oh, uh, just one sugar, please. And, <laughs> and my hero, the man that's lifted the only Englishman that's ever lifted the World Cup, pouring me a, a lukewarm cup of tea at half time. Just oh, we don't get it. Oh yes, we do. That's it. <laughs> uh, into this and one stirring at there. And Jonathan Pierce prattling away on the other side, and I, I vividly remember that. That was a fabulous, fabulous experience. And there've been others: the '94 promotion, uh, the, the winning championship game against Northwich Victoria in later yeah. years. So there have been other other times as well. But uh, you, you do go back when you're my age, and you think back to the real. And that two years, because of that trench mentality as I call it you know.
1: Successful in it for, for old, a yes, variety it was. of different yes, it reasons. Was. I it mean,
0: and there were big clubs came to, uh, to play I mean we were in the third tier in those days I mean Birmingham City were coming and clubs like this I mean it really was a great great era.
1: And obviously you think about what goes on, was going on behind the scenes at the time as yes, well. Yes I mean, exactly. The amount of work that was going into it, actually trying to find a return back to, yeah. back to the city, you know, and, and I know Ray Croft did t- tremendous work in Well, he in, did, trying to, and, and the
0: original plans, of course, for a 10,000 seater, yeah. yeah. all seater, uh, which was going to be based on St Johnston's ground uh, by Morrisons, and of course, we know what we ended up with. Uh, I mean, the, the comings and goings of those days, which was, uh, anyway, the, the club. Got shouldn't use the word shafted on uh, on this sort of program, but I mean the <laughs> the club the club got rolled over. Yeah. Uh, in, on, and, it, and there's many stories you can tell. Some we could publish, some we can't publish. Can
2: you see a potential to get back to those days again? You know, and having like big visits of Arsenal and Birmingham and whoever.
0: I think the club's got to stabilise. Um, it's it needs to increase its commercial activity. It needs to. Embrace itself more with the business community. Um, c- commercial, in sport, commercial activity has moved on from selling a replica shirt and extra pies and another table, frankly. You have to embrace yourself with business. You have to ingratiate yourself with business uh, and it doesn't cost a lot, frankly. It just me- it just means you get out there amongst it and um, doing a project for a uh, management company I work for, uh, with a Swiss club at the moment. Uh, and they're already looking at initiatives for next November, next December as well. So you've got to be planning ahead, not just selling extra shirts. That's, anyone, anyone can do that. You've got to have innovative ideas, be first on the block, and really go for it. And there's a number of sports, commercialization in sport has moved on from those days. It's moved on tremendously in the last two years tremendously and it's got to be embraced it's got to be embraced
1: in in terms of kind of covering the football club all those years who's sticks out in terms of the most. Player wise? Manager wise who you've oh. <laughs> Harry? Yeah, without, a doubt, yeah, that, without a doubt. I mean yeah. everyone seems is ins- <laughs> ins- insignificant after Harry. Ian
0: Atkins I thought did an excellent job um, nearly saving the club from relegation. Graham I thought did a very good job particularly in attaining the 94 promotion. Um, but the great Harry of course I mean, there's, a, there's only one I mean if you're a little puddle and you look at Shankly uh, he wasn't the most successful Bob Paisley so um but you look back at Shankly you at Chester if you're of an age you look back at Harry um, the things he did and the way he kept the club together in those days i mean he really kept the club here and Ray Crofts really kept the club together
1: what um, was the key behind that because you know it, you hear the stories and it you all know, kind of it, it forms part of the legend doesn't yeah. it but i mean there's. There's generations of fans who, who've, who've never known him standing been the dugout so it's, he basically
0: uh, had a squad of 18, 19 players. He, he would have used a few more, but basically it was a squad of 18,19, uh, and that was a very tight-knit unit. They weren't the best players in the world, but boy, when they went across that line, did they want to play for Harry? I mean, he gave them some awful stick, but you know, when they came off, it was, it was like a clop of his day in a way. He ingratiated with them. I mean, <laughs> I was at the end of a tongue lashing once. They played a, a, an FA Cup tie against League Town uh, in that era. Uh, and I said, we've got a deadline. We have to go off there at half nine, something like that. I'll come back to the point I'm making in a minute. Uh, and he said, yeah, come down. No problem. You will have the the only internet. And I had the old UO, which was the recording equipment of those days. Uh, he said, just walk through the door. Okay. So leak town, put, knock on the door. It was a draw opened the door with which a tray of of tea (laughs) all over me, all over the ewer, a few expletives met of the players and everything like that. And he dusted his... So-and-so, so-and-so, Neil, awfully sorry. And he went then from the sort of outburst (laughs) into the most... Uh, fluent after-match interview you could ever hear. So I got it back up. was <laughs> Absolutely drenched with tea, and he, he got, and he apologised profusely. And he was talking to the players in a sort of a very gentle, you know, a grace. But he gave them that initial five minutes of hell. Um, but he really did. He, he really could mould a squad together uh, very, very well. And everybody wanted to play for him. Everybody.
1: I mean that. That's what shines through. I mean, we've done plenty of interviews with players who've played for him, and he, he stands head and shoulders above anyone anyone yeah. anyone they've played for previously. He was we've... a
0: great motivator as well. Tremendous motivator. Who's your who, who
1: stands out in terms
0: of playing
1: wise? I mean, for, for me, having watched him as, as a fan since the early nineties, Colin Greenall's probably still. Greenhall was the best
0: centre-half this club has ever had in my era. Uh, He he was bordering on a a conference, League One or whatever, the fourth tier sort of type uh, player, bordering on a Bobby Moore of his era if you like, at that level. He, he, he could read a game like there was no tomorrow. He wasn't the quickest. He, couldn't, he wasn't the best header of a ball, but boy, could he read a game. He really read the game. I thought Graham was an excellent player. Yeah. Um, as far as strikers are concerned... I suppose in latter days you've got to look at Michael Wilde at the level he played in to be fair to bring it to, to bring it forward. Wilde did particularly well. In terms of goalkeepers, I always say this Ronnie Sinclair I thought was outstanding yeah, as yeah. a goalkeeper. So there's there's many players you can look to, but Colin Greenall would be my favourite. Yeah. We've spoken about that before.
1: Yeah, I mean he like he was only there for the one season. He was. And it was it's enough to stick in enough people's minds. He I mean, was. Um, and they wouldn't
0: give him an extra twenty quid to resell. <laughs> twenty quid. The so
2: money's always been taken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this, this is this is nothing new. This is, this is, this is not groundbreaking. This.
1: Oh, but well, well, thank you very much to Neil for for joining me and Paul today. Um, it's been been fantastic to I mean having been a Chester fan since the early nineties. I mean, I've I've kind of sat listened to, to Neil uh, many many away game, many home game too. I um, used to. Have to during a few seasons, I had to switch after after I heard the result. But um, <laughs> um, but no, absolutely fantastic to have you in today, Neil, and thanks for joining us again, Paul. Um, we shall be back after this weekend's game to uh to to go over what has been. Um, so yeah, please join join us again then, and thank you again.